Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! And now that's a steal by Murr, underneath the DJ Lane. Throw it up over Bell, pull away! Yes! Yeah! 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 at the buzzer, he does it! Was there ever a doubt? Yeah. A Smith screen. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another playoff preview here for the 2022-23 playoffs on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you already know the deal. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the notification bell for all things NBA, LA sports, and of course, the NBA playoffs. For this episode, we were, we are continuing our previews with authentic fans of the teams involved in the series, making their Dime Dropper debuts. We've got Alex from Hawks Fan TV and Kiana representing the Celtics. I'm going to start with Hawks Fan TV. Give us a little story, your background with the team, uh, you know, your fandom and the, the content you make on them. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate you having me on the show, Don. Um, Alex from Hawks Fan TV, been a fan for 30 years now um, from Atlanta. Hawks 30 years? TV. You look way younger than that. How old are you, man? 30. Okay. Yeah, the big three zero. Um, so yeah, I've been a fan out the womb. My pops took me to a game when I was like one years old. Uh, this was back in the when the arena was the Omni. So yeah, uh, I've seen a lot of changes over the last thirty years. But um, yeah, it's, uh, excited to talk some Hawks Celtics today. Hey, my name is Kiana. Um, haven't been a Celtics fan for quite thirty years, <laughs> but um, pretty much been watching Celtic basketball all my life. Um, we had a great season, and I'm just ready for the postseason. Well, there we go. The Celtics and the Hawks, uh, as of these two teams, not too much recent history, but obviously Celtics and the Hawks go back to even the St. Louis days meeting in the finals, the Larry Bird, Dominique Wilkins, and then in recent memory, twice with Joe Johnson. Um, actually, I think his last series as a Hawk, and his last game as a Hawk was against the Celtics. So now we got these new iterations of the team, the JT era, the Trey Young era, the Hawks obviously beating the Miami Heat, a little upset, getting into the playoffs through the play-in. The Celtics, they hit the ground running. Tight, one of the title favorites, obviously coming off their finals loss last year. Championship or bust kind of season for Boston. Before we get started on the actual series, let the good people here know, like a quick brief summary of your season. Starting with Hawks Fan TV, you guys brought in DeJounte Murray. It was expected you guys would take a leap. You hovered around 500 basically the entire year. Another coach out the door, Nate McMillan. You bring in Quinn Snyder, and it seems like things are starting to go well now. But just give us an idea of the season, why you didn't improve with DeJounte, and how mainly your starters have done this season, including Trey Young. Yeah, the season record-wise was probably the biggest disappointment, uh, you know, dating back. We, we regressed from last season, right? I think we finished last year at like 44 and 30-something. You know, we, we finished at 500 this year, so – Obviously, in that, <coughs> excuse me, from that standpoint, really disappointing. Um, obviously brought in more talent with DeJounte in the offseason and a couple of bench players, and we made some acquisitions at the deadline, bringing in Sadiq Bey, who's been huge for us. But honestly, it really boils down to one thing, Don. Uh, that, that was the coaching issue, and, and Nate McMillan 
from what I've heard, the, the front office really didn't want to extend Nate McMillan after that ECF run a couple years ago. Uh, but since we did go to the ECF and, you know, we're two wins away from the finals, uh, they, they felt like they kind of had to. So we extended Nate. Unfortunately, I wasn't the biggest fan of that move because um, we've seen what Nate McMillan has done in the past. And he's never been a winning coach uh, in the postseason, especially. But there's a reason why he's been fired at pretty much every single organization he's ever been employed at. And with the Atlanta, it was, it was no different. Um, so with that, our offense was just really stagnant, really like 1990 style of basketball, hunting mismatches and like shooting a lot of mid-range jumpers. And in today's NBA, that just isn't the formula for winning. Uh, so we fired him and, and got Quinn Snyder in. When you look at the record, like a lot of casuals will be like, oh, well, you brought in Quinn with 20 some games left in the season. And we finished at 11 and 10 when, when Quinn took over. So only one game above 500. But it's really hard to come in as a head coach with no familiarity with your roster coming in that late into the season. You know, he, he can't turn like water into wine. Right. But he's done a lot of good things. The offense has tremendously improved since then. The defense has gotten better. And you just see kind of the, the ball movement that we weren't used to seeing when Nate McMillan was here. And I think that was on full display against Miami. We had a, a few days to prep. We, we scouted them in, in the late in the regular season when we went uh, into Miami to play that back-to-back -back game against them, and we lost. But when it came down to it, Coach Quinn outcoached, you know, Eric Spolster in that series. We we put Bam and Jimmy Butler in hell all day. And, you know, Trey Young played great, almost had a triple-double. And we came out with the dub. We, you know, if it wasn't for Kyle Lowry's like outer body experience that he's never ever going to do for the rest of his career, then we would have won by like 20 points. So <laughs> dominated them. And uh, I'm, I'm excited for this, this series. Nothing on the individuals though, it was just on the coach. How about Trey Young, Dijon? I mean, Trey Young didn't even make the all star team this year, even though he's still averaging like 27 and 10. Yeah, he led the league in assists, uh, yet again in total assists, finished top 15 in scoring. Uh, and, you know, the last I remember when Trey didn't make the All-Star uh, game, when he got snubbed, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So we'll see what happens. Trey played great. Uh, DeJounte played great. Hit some big uh, shots down the stretch. And our uh, our bench and our other role players, like, did exactly what they needed to do. And on paper, like I've said it even, even last year, like Miami versus us, we have a more talented team top to bottom. But we just didn't implement a good game plan or, like, scheme to neutralize their their uh, their defense and offense. But – Quinn made a lot of adjustments, and we saw the result. We, we dominated them for pretty much the full 48 minutes. All right, Kiana, give us the scoop on the Celtics. Obviously, come out with a huge kind of scandal before the season, Ime Udoka. You have Joe Mazzula take over, and people were kind of thinking, well, will that be a distraction? Will they still be as good of a team as they were last year? But to start the season, you guys kind of blew the doors open on the NBA. Jason Tatum was in MVP talks. Jalen Brown playing at such a high level. Uh, give me the, the rundown on the season. Seemed like you guys slowed down a little bit towards the end, but obviously in the two seed, how are you feeling going into the playoffs and the uh, overall season? Yeah, well, the season started, well, prior to the season started, we got the email news. I literally woke up in the middle of the night and was like sick to my stomach. I could not go back to sleep. It was an awful feeling. Um, and then shortly after that, we got the Rob news that Rob was going to be out for a significant amount of time. Right. And um, honestly, that wasn't a good time to be a Celtics fan. We were excited about the season about to be starting. We were excited to make this great run. And that was a lot of adversity to start the season. A lot of people said essentially that Ime, without Ime, you know, 
we weren't going to be successful without Rob. We were going to be a, a middling, you know, fifth or sixth um, seed for the majority of the year. And like you said, they they came out with the best offense that the NBA has ever seen for a good chunk of November. And then it started to slow down like mid-December. Um, but the we definitely had some highs and some lows. Um, this year, we made a theme of showing up and being great against the great teams in the East and in the West. And we've had a pattern of not getting up for, you know, the OKC or the Magic or the Rockets. I could keep going. Um, so we kind of had an up and down season, but overall we still ended um, number two in defensive rating, number one in offensive rating. Um, and we did that um, without having our starting five for a majority of the year. Um, so Excited about the playoffs. I would agree that um, I think a lot of people are shocked that this matchup is going to be the Celtics and the Hawks, um, but I'm excited. So Boston, the only team in the NBA that finished top five in both offensive and defensive rating. A lot of people have them going all the way. HFTV, man, do you believe that you guys can win this series? Because you are heavy underdogs here. Heavy. I mean, 3 nothing sweep in the season series. Now, granted, the season series, especially in today's NBA where the regular season is super devalued, I wouldn't look too far into it. But do you really believe you can win this series? I mean, after that last game, I would assume that your confidence, your confidence is normally extremely high, irrationally high in my opinion. It's got to be very high now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a lot closer than what a lot of people think, right? Like uh, the comments I've been seeing is like, oh, the, the Celtics are going to sweep the Hawks and just like steamroll them. And I don't think that's going to be the case. Um I think the the record like 41 and 41 kind of is clouding a lot of people's judgments. Um, but I get, I get it. Like the Celtics are a great team. They just made the finals last year and they have, you know, uh, a, a great young duo in Tatum and Brown. So we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot closer. And, you know, if we win, I wouldn't be that shocked. What's your <laughs> prediction right now, though? You said what? What's your prediction as of now? Right now? I'm going to go on record and say Hawks in seven. Okay. Winning a game seven in Boston. That's tough. You know, very few teams have done that in history, <laughs> winning a game seven in Boston. But, you know, before we switch, shift it back to Kiana, I want to ask about DeJounte Murray. You know, we you didn't really talk about him too much in the first opening of the episode, but his stats look about as the same as last year. How has the fit been? You know, he actually he played really well to close out that last game in the play-in. He, he clearly adds something to your defense. But tell me how he's been. EJ's been been solid for us. Um, I think early in the season when he wasn't having like super high production outputs was simply because like it was a brand new team. He was still building up that chemistry. But as you mentioned, he still finished with 20 plus points for the season, averaged like six plus assists for the season. And I think like six rebounds um, and a steal and a half. So overall, I'm pleased with what he with what he brought. Uh, we definitely needed like a legitimate second ball handler that could kind of create his own shot and also play make for others, which he did. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, if you guys look at DeJounte's career, he, he's been in the playoffs twice, but he wasn't a starter in, in either of those. The first postseason run he had with the Spurs, he averaged like two minutes a game because it was his rookie year. And then his sophomore season, he averaged like 18 minutes a game off the bench. But this is his first playoffs uh, as a starter for his whole entire career. And one of the main reasons why he did want to come to Atlanta and uh, request that trade was because he wanted to play in the postseason. So I think he's going to um, have that dog in him and he's going to be hungry to, to kind of show out like what he can do. There's been a lot of like 
crazy, crazy nonsense that I've been seeing from Celtics fans saying that like Derek White is like way better than Deshante Murray, which is just <laughs> is blasphemous. Like there's a reason why Derek White was Deshante Murray. He, he was his backup for a reason in San Antonio. So we'll just, we'll just keep it at that. Derek White's solid. Like, he's great. Uh, I wanted Derek White in the trade deadline last year. So I know Derek White's a good player. Uh, he's just not DeJounte Murray. Um, he's not a better scorer than DeJounte. He's not a better playmaker. And he's not a better defender than DeJounte. So uh, I, I think a lot of Celtics fans are going to be surprised with what they see from DeJounte. Uh, so we'll see. I'm excited. Kiana, talk to us about what do you think? Do you think it's going to be an easy series for you, quick and painless? Um, anything you're worried about with these guys? Um, so if you want a formal prediction, I would say Celtics in five. Okay, I'm going um, with Celtics in five too. Yeah, that's my thought. Anything over that is going to be very annoying and very frustrating. Um, right. My main concern with them is that I fully believe that the team, and I know my whole timeline of Celtics fans, we thought we were playing Miami. Right. And um, <laughs> and I wanted to play the Hawks because I can go drive down and see a game. But I think as a community, if we're going to be honest, we all thought we were going to play Miami. And um, you wanted to play Miami. That's what you're hoping for. No, nah, I want to play. the Hawks. No, definitely not. <laughs> but um, but I think that this year we've seen that they tend to not get up and overlook um, opponents that um, are not, you know, the elite of the East and the West. And I don't think Miami is an elite team in the East this year, but I do think that um, that's a matchup that I think they would get up a little bit more for. So my concern is that the intensity that they need to bring is it needs to be what it would be for that heat series um, coming in and not taking the matchup seriously um, is how you find out that this becomes a six or a seven game series. And I don't want that to happen. I think um, the fact that we don't have to play the Heat in the Hawks uh, and now we can play the Hawks, hopefully we take care of business and it'll give us time to kind of be on par with how the people think the other teams in the East are going to go as far as not having a seven game series and potentially playing whoever in the second round that is well rested. Um, so that's my biggest concern, honestly, is that they show up to play. Let's talk about Jason Tatum for a second. I mean, he had an amazing playoff run last year, but he didn't perform well in the finals, struggled with some injuries or whatnot, came out the gates going nuts. Was like favorite for MVP the first couple of weeks, kind of dropped off, but still has been amazing this season. I consider him like a top seven player in the NBA now for me. Talk to me about what you expect from him. Do you think he's ready to lead this team to the finals, to lift the trophy, get banner 18. And the one thing with Tatum is I think sometimes he can get a little too contested three happy at times. Mm -hmm. um, do you think you'll be able to channel that, take smarter shots and perform at the highest, highest levels throughout the postseason? Do you have that confidence yet? Yeah, I mean, I've always had that confidence. <laughs> um, but we're definitely going to need him to do that to to get to where we want to be as far as the the finals. Um, Jalen Brown fully participated in practice today. Um, he doesn't have anything on his hand anymore. I think there's like a clear like tape around two of his fingers, um, but he fully participated in practice and he should be a go for game one. So that's an update on JB. Um, but yeah, I think J, um, JT started off really strong this year. Um, and then he got into a horrific shooting slump that lasted 
for a pretty long time. Usually the slumps are maybe a couple of games or, or two weeks, but this year it was a pretty, it was a pretty large and efficient slump. Um, so I expect that not to happen in the final or in the playoff run. And I think that something that he needs to strongly work on not taking the contested threes. We've seen it. I think the Kings game, it was like the first five plays of the game was JT working on the post. I'm like, <laughs> why don't we see this every game? Why are you, you like that? Right? Yeah. I would love to see JT. He does it. And when he does do it, he's pretty efficient on it, but um, he does like to take, um, I think he's at like 10, nine or 10 threes a game. Um, and when, when he makes it, that's phenomenal. Of course, right. he goes six from 10 from the three, you're like, kudos. But when the nights that he goes two for 10, um, you would like to see him, you know, go to the paint a little bit more and um, and finish because um, that is an issue. A lot of people say all he does is shoot is shoot threes. All he does is shoot threes. Well, he does get to the paint. But when you talk about the inefficient part, sometimes when he gets to the rack, he can't finish. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that, you know, is going to need to happen, um, not just against the Hawks, but in any series. Um, so, yeah, the MVP thing, of course, he's not in MVP conversations legitimately this year. But um, I think he should finish top five still. A couple things about Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, obviously a native. Uh, what do you what do you call people from Atlanta? Uh, HFTV, Atlantan. AT alien, baby. AT alien. Well, he's one of those. And Twenty six younger cats. That's uh, an outcast coin term with, with their album because they're obviously from Atlanta. So there we go. Twenty six point six points a game for JB. Seven rebounds a game. A career year for sure. Uh, let's talk about the. Oh, I also want to say this about Jason Tatum. Um, I want to give him a shout out because when I saw him play his rookie year at TD Garden when I was at UMass, so my first year at UMass was his rookie year. I said this guy's gonna average thirty one day. I just saw mm -hmm. it. He'll push back on it. I don't know why, especially in today's NBA. I world. had several people before the season tell me that he could not average thirty points. Like, could not. Like with a straight face. Like they were hundred and twenty five percent correct which is just laughable based on what he averaged last year. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, JT is a beast. Um, let's go to the role players though, real quick, both sides. Um, HFTV, man, I feel like when DeAndre Hunter and John Collins have good games, it really changes everything for you guys. We saw great games from Capella in that Miami game. We saw great games from Okongwu. Your nine man rotation now with the bench being Bogdanovich, Jalen Johnson, uh, Onyeka Kongu and who's the other guy I'm forgetting? Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay really looks like a solid nine-man rotation. Tell me about how DeAndre Hunter and John Collins have been this season. Or I should say the front court, your front court starting lineup, how they've been this season, and what you're going to need from them to pull off this upset. Yeah, um, I think from like Clint Capella did exactly what he needed to do, right? Uh, eating up the glass, getting second chance points for us, tippins, catching lobs. JC and DeAndre in my opinion, probably underperformed, especially John Collins, because he went through like uh, absolutely disgusting shooting slump pretty much for like 80% of the season. And then the last like 15, 20 games or so, uh, his three point shot kind of looked back to normal. But the dude was shooting like 24% from three um, this season, whereas his for his career, he was close to like a 40% three point shooter. Um, so that hurt us with the spacing and things of that nature. But DeAndre Hunter, he did have technically like a career year points per uh, points per game wise but uh i don't know it's well, like i was expecting a much bigger jump from dre he just got that huge uh extension this past off season he was 
I was hoping he would kind of solidify himself as like the number three on this team. Um, but uh, he, he kind of, uh, yeah, he didn't live up to my personal expectations, but he, he didn't, he wasn't like a disappointment by any means. I think John Collins was probably the bigger disappointment just because of that shooting slump, whether it was injured finger or uh, all the trade rumors that he was like, he's been circling in for the past two, three years, maybe they got in his head, but um, all of that is behind us now. So DeAndre Hunter, I think, Dre, like he's our best perimeter defender, and I, I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hunter is going to match up with Jason Tatum pretty much yeah. stride for stride. Uh, and Dre's a great defender. Like he's 6'8", 225. Like he can stay in front of Jason Tatum. Obviously, Jason Tatum's a great player, so he's still going to score his points. But out of anyone in this roster, like DeAndre Hunter is going to make it the most difficult for him. Uh, same with Jalen Johnson. So I think really the the key role players in this this series, it's like, yeah, I think Dre needs to have a big game to try to neutralize whatever Tatum does. But I think like our bench is going to be like really, really solid for us. I think Bogey, he's historically known to be like a great second half player. Uh, and and Bogey's been shooting like 44% from three since the all-star break. So I think Bogey's going to be great. Uh, Jalen Johnson, who not many people know, because he, he's really a rookie this year. Nate McMillan did not play him at all last year. But Jalen Johnson, I think, is also going to be one of the primary defenders on Jason Tatum. For all you people who don't know who Jalen Johnson is, he's 6'9", 230, and as athletic as they come. So I think he's going to cause a little problems for, for Tatum. But like I said, it's going to be a group effort um, because with great players like Jason Tatum and Trey Young, like you can never shut them down completely. You can only hope to slow them down. And I think a, a heavy dosage of uh, DeAndre and Jalen Johnson and Yeka Kongu is going to make things more difficult for Jason Tatum than a lot of people realize. I'm thinking about it now. Probably going to throw DeJounte Murray on JB, DeAndre Hunter on Tatum, switch a little bit. But I'm thinking about it now, looking at this. The Hawks, top 10 offense in the league this year, seventh in offensive rating, 22nd in defensive rating. I think you guys are going to be in a little bit of trouble because I think the Celtics have a lot of great bodies to throw at Trey Young. You got Marcus Smart and uh, Derek White, who have been amazing defensively this season. And obviously, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I think they're going to try to put Trey Young in the action a lot, like you see most teams do, especially the Heat the last game. Celtics are a smart team. Uh, Kiana, let me know about uh, Time Lord's health. How's he, how's he feeling going into this? Time Lord is doing fabulous. Great. Um, I think we did a good job of managing him this year, his minutes. Um, he started for a little while, and then we put him back on the bench um, after he had the hamstring injury. Um, so he's been around like 22-ish minutes for most of the year. Um, the last couple of games that he played in, we got him ramped up to 30 minutes to try to get him ready for playoff basketball. But the last couple of games he played in, he looked phenomenal. Um, so I'm excited to get um, to get the um, Rob back that we had, honestly, last year, not even the playoffs, but before the playoffs started last year. That was the Rob that could help us uh, get back to the finals. How about Derek? Oh, yeah, go ahead. From a Hawks standpoint, like I, I hope Rob Williams plays majority of the minutes over Al Horford, simply because, like with yeah. Al, he, like he can space the floor, he can shoot threes, and we need Clint Capella kind of in the paint. Mm-hmm. And with Rob, like obviously he's not a floor spacer. So for for our sake, I hope Rob Williams gets the start. I so Joe has been going back and forth with the lineup as a Celtics fan. We have no idea if we're going double big or if we're going out like a five. I, mm-hmm. based on what you just said, and I said this earlier in a space, I want to start with Al um, and space the floor. That's what I would do. And Joe likes 
that type of ball. So if I had to make a guess, that's what I think we would do. But I don't know. Um, he's uh, got like a month ago. He said Ra would be would continue to come off the bench. I don't know if that was just a regular season or not. Um, but I agree. We um, go um, with um, Al at the five, space the floor, pull Clint out, and that hopefully we don't get killed on the on the boards. <laughs> so. Al Horford, has he been just as good as last season? Basically, not many signs of aging. So, yeah, Al's been good. Um, defensively, de it looks like he's kind of taking a step back, but I think that's just him preserving because on games where we needed him to step up um, for key matchups, it's there. And you're like, oh, crap, the last two weeks of Al looking like whatever, we've been talking crap about him. He's really just trying to coast so that he can be the Al that we need him to be in the playoffs. So he looks great. I think he finished the um, the season with the best three-point percentage, if I'm not mistaken. No way um, better than the, the nuke, Luke Kennard. <laughs> um, but he has been lights out from three and um, – there was a graphic that I saw this week and um, it showed like shooters that are like typically left open. And for some reason, him and Brog are, were there and that doesn't really make sense to me, but um, he's been phenomenal this year. And um, I'm very excited um, to see the more aggressive playoff Al. Um, 45% from three for Al Horford. I just checked. That's amazing. And I forgot about this Al Horford angle. He's a great Atlanta Hawk. So he's be making his return. Yeah, Al and JB's from the area, right. so it should be great. You mentioned Malcolm Brogdon. He's somebody who I thought, like, I wanted the Clippers to get him so badly before the season. Uh, I think he is going to be so big in the playoffs, super smart player, um, controls pace very well, good shooter. How's he been for you overall? Is he, and do you think he should win six men of the year? Because I was just he talking about He should absolutely win six men of the year. Because I was talking about Knicks fans out here in the Cavs Knicks preview, and they were saying Emmanuel quickly all day long. I have gone back and forth. I try not to go back and forth with people, but these Knicks fans are very, very annoying. And Michael Brockton <laughs> should absolutely win sixth man of the year. Anything other than that is a freaking travesty, and that is how I feel. Um, but as far as to the team, he's been phenomenal to the team. Whenever our offense gets stagnant or we just need a bucket, we can count on Brock to – just take it right to the rack and finish or at least get to the line and get us two points the easy way. Um, and he's been phenomenal from three. It sounds crazy to say, but there have been times where he cannot make a layup to save his life, but he'll take a three and I'm just like, and it goes in every time. <laughs> it goes in every single time. So he's exactly what we needed. I think he's going to be the difference maker in the playoffs this year. That and the fact that Derek White as a player this year is so much better than he was last year in the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I think Brog is a missing piece to try to help get us there. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Derek White this year. People are saying he should be all defense. Do you agree oh, with that? For sure. Wow. Okay. And then I forgot Jabari. Shout out to you. Another Hawks fan. One of my only actual like Hawks fan subscribers reminding me Hawks did play the Celtics in 2016 with Isaiah Thomas. I forgot about that. Hawks won in six. And that was a good series. Don't act like it was a blowout. But um, my last question for you, Kiana, is Marcus Smart. He's always a guy who is involved in games. I mean, you can't, he's never a quiet player. One defensive player of the year last year. Has he been just as good as last season? What should we expect from him in the playoffs? And that's basically all I got. Okay. I love Marcus. Love him. I'm a big Marcus person. A lot of people don't want him on the team. I love Marcus. Love and trust all day, every day. 
Um, he's admitted it. The defense this year has not been what we are accustomed to. Um, he came into the season with the lingering ankle injury that he had last postseason. Um, so that was kind of bothering him. He missed uh, a couple of games a couple of times due to due to that injury, just nagging. Um, yeah, 21 games missed. That's a lot. Yeah. So um, the defense isn't what it what it what I would like it to be. I think this year Derek White should is a better defender on the team than him this year. And I think Derek White voters should not be lazy and just give Marcus the vote just because it should go to Derek White. He should be first team all defense. So you putting him, you putting him on Trey Young to start game one? Um, yeah, I don't know if he's gonna start, but if he does, yeah, that's what I would do. It probably is gonna be Marcus, but that's what I would do. Yeah, Marcus. Uh, oh, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say Marcus Smart shooting splits. I didn't see these look ugly compared to last year. Yeah. So the beginning of the year, he was great. He was the point guard that we all knew that he could be as far as. Um, facilitating, passing, the assists. There was a game where he was getting like eight, nine assists a game with like one or zero turnovers. And then he got hurt. And ever since he's come back from the injury, it went from not only the defense taking a step back to the offense taking a step back. So that is something uh, there is a debate about whether he should start or whether White should start. Um, and I think it is a real conversation. I don't know if Joe would ever do it, um, but it just hasn't been what we got from him last year. If, if I'm going to be completely honest. Last question. Yes or no. Do you trust Missoula to be the leader of this championship team? I don't really have a choice, do I? <laughs> but no, I think Joe has done a, you know, there are some things that grinded my gears this year. The timeouts were a big thing at the beginning of the year. I understand like he wasn't calling him on some Phil Jackson, let him figure it out type shit. Yeah. And he made it very clear that that was his philosophy. And the team made it very clear that that does not work for them. <laughs> so that has improved. Um, the rotations have been an issue. And um, that has kind of sort of improved. The issue with that is that we haven't really been healthy. I think it was like two thirds or halfway through the season and our starting lineup played like 36 minutes together, which is ridiculous. So he just really hasn't had the time to play with the lineups in the rotations. But um, I think given the circumstances, um, he's done a great job. And um, I think the playoffs will be a test to see um, what he truly is made of. But I have the confidence in him to um, to try to get us there. HFTV, if you lose this series, will this be a failure of a season? I mean, it's it's a failure just because we, we were in the play-in again. And yeah. A lot of us fans expected us to be at least like a top, a minimum, like a top six seed. I had us as a fifth seed, possibly contending for a fourth if we were like. I had you seventh. I had you seventh. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, I mean, from that aspect, I, I think it was already a disappointing season with, with Nate pretty much being the head coach for like majority of the season. So I think the real test is going to come next year when, when we actually have a full off season and a full year with Quinn Snyder. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you're going up against a great team. Like, if we get swept, then I think that would be definitely a disappointment. Uh, if we can make it competitive and you know push it to six or seven, then hey, you know we hold up our, our heads high and then we move on to next year. But we kind of put our put ourselves in this situation, so we'll see. Um, but like with like some of the narratives that I'm hearing around, like the Celtics are just going to completely shut down Trey. Like Trey averaged 30, 31 and 10 against the Celtics this year. Um, 
and, and obviously there's a lot of good bodies that you could throw at Trey, but you also have to remember, like, that's exactly what the Sixers and Bucks thought two years ago in the postseason. And, and no, no disrespect to, like, the Celtics defenders, but, like, a prime Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul and Drew Holiday, Giannis are just better defenders than anything that the Celtics have, in my opinion. And Trey still, still cooked them for, like, 30 and 10. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll be excited to see it. Obviously, he had a rough series last year, and that's, like, the lingering black cloud that a lot of people still remember. Like, oh, Trey is a, is a dud in the postseason when the year before that the dude was breaking records in his playoff debut. So I think he's going to be hungry to kind of get that chip off his shoulder and show, like, the national world, like, hey, he, he is him. So we'll see. Hey, great stuff, guys. I really loved both sides. Let us know where uh, – where let the good people here know where they can find you. Uh, Kiana, you go first. Um, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my username is, I think – let me see because I don't even know. Well, it will regardless of if you can pull it up or not, yeah. I'll, I'll have all the links in the description. So, guys, please follow them and check out their stuff. But Hawks Fan TV? Yes, sir. Yeah, you know where to find me, at HawksFanTV on all socials, Instagram, Twitter, uh, HawksFanTV.com for all the latest news, rumors, and, and arguments that your little basketball hearts desire. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and, uh, yeah, it should be a fun, exciting series. Appreciate everybody. Let me know in the pinned comment what your prediction for this series is. If you listen to this on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, uh, thank you. I still feel sorry for you. You couldn't see the three beautiful faces on the screen. But you guys still let us know. Apple Podcast review. Leave a five-star, whatever it may be. Hawks and Celtics starting on Saturday. I got the season five. The championship quest for Boston begins. <laughs>